Too much. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, we were just saying it was an intense countdown. So on this, it does like five, four, three, two, one. You're just kind of staring at each other, waiting. Yeah, but anyway, welcome to Kimberly. We're probably going to have to change the name. Okay. Because Fridays just aren't really working for us. Uh, <laughs> Fridays are not working for us. We can have Spendy Saving Saturday. Sp- no, Saving let, I'll, I'll think of a new name. I don't like it at all. Do we need, like, do we need a name? It's, it's basically it's, us here to talk about stuff that happened this week and hopefully useful stuff if you're building a business. Sassy Saturdays. <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll make a new logo. So... Oh, Oh, God, you'll love making you that logo. Um, so before we came on, Kimberly was telling me that she's booked a holiday with her mum. And I thought it was a good thing to discuss initially. And I was half laughing because the same thing happens to me anytime I get even like vaguely unwell. I like have an epiphany about something. And it sounds like you were like, oh, my God, like, imagine I was this unwell. And then <laughs> for some reason, imagine I only had a year to live. <laughs> what would I, I, I mean, think that year? It- it really escalated, but I stand by it. So I was thinking, so obviously I don't live in the UK. Um, and that's a choice that I'm very happy with that I have made. But the sacrifice is I don't see my mum a lot. Um, although that said, when I do, like after a week, I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you next year. Um, but it made me realise being ill and not seeing my mum a lot, um, that so often... I think, and maybe this does, I think this happens. So often people wait until you've got, God forbid, you know, a year left to live or something terrible happens. And then, and I kept thinking, if somebody turned around tomorrow and said, Kimberly, actually, you didn't just have food poisoning. There was something terribly wrong with you. Or the same happened to my mom, that we would go, oh my goodness, like we have to make some memories and we have to book a trip and we'll, let's spend some time together and so in a really I hopefully this is like the opposite of a morbid solution but I messaged Mm -hmm. my mum and I was like I've had this thought that if one of us had I mean we've all got finite amount of time but if we had a year left to live we would book a trip and we would do loads of fun stuff that we want to do together so now with both of us in full health and with she's retired so she's got lots of time I work online so I can take my laptop with me and we've got some... like, she's got lots of time. I've got lots of money. <laughs> oh no, she has to pay. <laughs> Otherwise I'm not going. Why is that um, still the case for parents? It's like, I definitely out earn my parents, but they'll still put like, if we all go out for dinner, like they would pay. Well, I um my mom's desperate to be a skier. So she wants to like spend all of her kids' inheritance. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm happy to help you, but you need to spend it on me. Like, come on, Claire. Like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a bit of like return for me. Um, so I said to her, look, we've got, we've both got time. We've both got the money. We've both got the health to, and I guess the desire to travel and, you know, spend time with each other. Um, so let's just let's just book a trip and let's go. So and my mum was very much like, well, you just you book it. Like I'm really excited, but way too overwhelmed. Of well, where should we go? And me being me, well, we can go anywhere we want to in the whole world. And she's like, Kimberly, I am out. So like I, I, she went to is it Kuoni? I don't know how you pronounce that. It might that might be terrible. Like the travel agent. Um, uh... And I was like, don't go to a travel. I don't want to go to a travel agent. 
Um, and so she went, and she was like, I'm so overwhelmed. There's too much choice. So even on like a good, and this actually does link into what we're going to talk about, even on like a great thing of I'm going to book a holiday, she's gone, it's too much choice. She's like, I'll just, she would end up doing nothing because it's too much choice, even though it's like the biggest luxury in the world to go on holiday. She would be like, it's too much hassle. There's too many options. Do we go to Italy? Do we go to Switzerland? I don't know. So I took all of the decision away and I said, I've booked New York. She's been before. She likes it. It's fitnessy because we can be out walking. We can go and do some classes. And I was like, it's outdoors. It's nice weather. It's a bit of a flight. It's a bit of a treat. So I paid the deposit. She could obviously pay the rest. I um, paid she... <laughs> the deposit. <clears throat> the £150 deposit. <laughs> um, and I was like, Mom, I've, I've paid my half. You uh, pick up the tab. You just, you just top um, that up. No, I love that. I think that sounds like a great thing. And I think it, like hearing someone else do that, I'm like, I need to do that more with my own mum. And then another thing that kind of triggered that for me was reading this tweet thread by Sahil Bloom, where he had sat down with one of his friends and he was like, life is pretty good. The only thing is I didn't see my parents that much because they live the other side of America. He's like, how, how many times a year do you see them? Now I'm making up numbers here, but I'm pretty sure it was like once or twice a year. And then he was like, okay, cool. And they're this age. And like most people, life expectancy is X age. You're going to see your parents eight more times in your life. And like hearing that is horrible. And realistically, it would be eight more times and then quite a lot just before they die. And this was the point we were making before as well. It's like, now that you're like, hopefully, like if you have got healthy parents, like what blessing, if you do, like now you've got quality time to spend with them versus a hell of a lot of time maybe in a nursing home or something yeah. and you can make these memories now as opposed to wait I think you're right so many people wait and so many people know on a subconscious level that they have a finite amount of time but they never actually put a number on it because even you know like we made up a year right like oh imagine you only had a year to live like what would you do but equally even if you're like realistically I have 15 to 20 good years left of my parents even that's like pretty short period of time right so yep. then that kind of gives you that, like when you put numbers on it, it gives you a little bit more action. And like, if you're like, God, if I see my parents twice a year and, you know, average age of death is, I mean, I, I was actually thinking, as you said that, like your gran is 95. So... Well, my <laughs> mum's mum was a hundred. So, I mean, she's got, she's got a she's, few years. She's, she's got a while. Yeah, but, like, she's planning point, to be 108. <laughs> besides the point, like, yeah, I think make the most of the time you have now. And we, I think we spoke about this before because I was triggered by this TED talk on procrastination. And right at the end, he spoke about how the biggest things that we procrastinate on are the most important things because they do not have deadlines, right? So booking a trip to New York with your mum doesn't have a deadline. It doesn't need to be done this year. So you're like, yeah, "Yeah, one year we'll go to New York or, oh yeah, I I will start spending more time with my family. But when you don't put like either a deadline on it or specifics on it of, I am going to try and go see my parents and spend quality time with them at least once a month, like, or whatever that is for you, it doesn't have to be that. Like without doing that, you'll end up just always saying that and then always procrastinating. Like there will always be something else to do. And it's yeah. never more important, but it's often more immediate. And I think that's the problem. And I'm, I'm basically giving myself a pet talk here that every Sunday or maybe every other Sunday, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I'll go and see my parents for dinner. And then th- there is always something that I need to do. 
like I haven't done a podcast or there's a bit more work I could be doing or I think I'd just feel better if I got this done before Monday or you know anything right it's never more important but it's always more immediate because I could just go next Sunday or I'll go some point during the week which never happens either and then you always just put it off and they're so chill like they don't care they're like oh yeah just come when you want and don't when you don't like whatever so then you never end up actually actioning it so I think with these things especially like it's so easy to procrastinate on things if you don't put deadlines on them yeah and I think sometimes thinking about and this is this is quite morbid but so I lost my dad many years ago and so I do sometimes think I don't have I don't have the opportunity to so sometimes I'll say to my husband who doesn't see his parents very often but again because we live overseas but even when we lived in the UK maybe didn't see his dad very often and he's 25 miles down the road and when we were going to live overseas he's like oh like I'm a bit gutted I'm not going to see my dad a lot and for me I was like but you could he's 25 miles away you can jump in the car anytime you want pop down have a coffee but again you don't because he was just down the road and I'll see him next weekend or I don't want to bother him or whatever it is and then as soon as that opportunity is taken away and it's only and unfortunately you only I only know that I have to spend time with my mum now if I want to because my dad's already gone so and all of a sudden when that is gone that unfortunately that's the only time you're like oh shit that Mm. that sucks and that is that's never changing like that is done and I kind of I guess maybe there's almost a bit more pressure on on like my mum's side to be like hey I've only got you left now so let's let's hop on a plane I mean like we're going to go and do it in a nice way but you're you're 100 percent of the parenting now so let's Mm. enjoy that but in a way I guess it's a good thing because I've not got two parents that you kind of see occasionally and but I have to I have had to make a conscious effort or a conscious decision to go okay this is going to cost I mean it's not going to cost me a lot of money but it's going to cost my mum a few thousand pounds and time wise you know I live so I live the opposite side of the planet from New York so the the time wise of physically you know being back in the UK and taking a trip together and going do you know what I'm not going to be able to do as much work that week or I'm going to have to you know burn the candle at both ends because of time zones or whatever it is well I'll take that kind of the you know those thick those cons against the pro of being like you know what that was a great week and we had a really nice time and I'll remember that forever and it was just really fun also and, can we, I, if you even the even if you were paying for all of this you would never remember that money like, the, no. and this is the point as well, that might seem like a lot at the time, but you like even think back on every holiday you've ever been on. And I remember distinctly, because I remember like at the end of like a certain semester, like all everyone was going on holiday. And I was like, God, I, do, I remember thinking that's a lot of money I don't really have. I can't even, like now I'm like, I don't even remember how much money that was. I obviously made it work. It didn't have any impact on me long-term. Like, yeah. if you, you know, sometimes it seems expensive, but in hindsight, it's not. And it's always worth the memories. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. And it's, I guess it's a fine, it's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? Because you can't do it. Are you going to spend your last £10 towards a holiday? Probably not. But if you go, I don't know, I've got X amount of money in the bank and, you know, the percentage of it or it's this much, I'm just, and I really want to do it. And I think that's the thing. I think sometimes if you go, but I really want to do it, I really value it. The time is going to be, like, I'm never going to get that time back. So, you know, a holiday isn't going to be for free. I could just go and sit in my mum's house for five days, but 
you know, we, we would both die. Um, so kind of, I guess the time investment and you're right, the financial investment. And sometimes I say to my husband, like, oh, like think of all the money we've spent on say holidays. And then I don't know how much that is. Like it's probably, it would be thousands, but, but, oh, but we went to this place and we went to this place and it was amazing. So you very often sit there and you wouldn't ever, well, not even I keep a tracker of how much I spent on holidays because it'd be very long, but because it, it's, it's a, it's just, it's a cost, isn't it? And it's part of life. Well, this, and, so this is interesting. Like a lot of it, you've interchanged there between cost and investment. And mm -hmm. it depends on how you're thinking about things, whether th something is a cost or an investment. And I think that that isn't as clear cut as what people think, right? So a lot of the time people will think a holiday is a cost. You go, you spend the money, you're not going to get any money back from that holiday, right? There's no financial return on investment from that yeah. holiday. Yeah. But if you think about, okay, well, actually it's investing in my life, in my future. And if you come back to like, okay, what are my values here? Like, what do I want my life to look like? What do I, you know, if I'm sitting on my, if we're being morbid, like if I'm sitting at 70, 80, thinking back over my life, like what would I rather that I had slightly more in an index fund or yeah. that I actually went on this amazing trip with my mates? Like probably the amazing trip. And then you never really know what's gonna come from that either. So I always see experiences as an investment, probably one of the best investments that you can make. So to me, in my head, it's much easier to pay for things like that because I genuinely don't see it as a cost. I see it as an investment. Now, things yeah. I see as cost is like, to me, it's like material things. But for other people who get a lot of joy out of a material thing, that also might be an investment, right? Like, I mean, I see yeah. my MacBook and stuff as an investment because it allows me to do my job. But like, and my phone, like it makes my life a hell of a lot easier. So I'm getting return on investment from the ease of life because of the money that I've spent in that product. But if I bought myself a really nice handbag or something, ham, I always call, <laughs> I always call a handbag, a handbag. <laughs> anyway, if I bought myself a bag of ham, I probably wouldn't get that much joy from it because I don't even eat ham or a handbag. I'd be like, like, I would get no return on investment from that because it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. So I think if you but start I guess... doing like the way you spend your money more on what's the return on investment for me and it's probably not going to be financial. Yeah. And I guess it's the, if, if you, so if Dan and I, Dan, Dan loves traveling and I just tail along, um, like happy to, happy to have someone book some flights. Um, but if we didn't do that and we said, oh, we're not going to spend any money on, on holidays or traveling or whatever, we'd, I actually, our relationship would probably be worse because we want that, that's our like excitement of booking a trip and looking forward to it and planning it and where we're going to eat pizza in America or are we going to go to a basketball game or whatever it is. And I guess, I guess it's the, it is, it's investment not only in like the experience of it, but in like, I would say like our relationship of this is what we like to do together. And some people might go, that's well, know, really shallow or really selfish or whatever it is. But for us, it's like, well, we've earned that money. We've paid, you know, put money in savings. We've paid all of our costs. You're right. It is. It's an investment in the experience of it. And I kind of think like the, I guess like the longevity of that's what we want to do together. We both value travel and we get to experience yeah. it together. 
so sometimes there is a like I read a tweet yesterday and it was talking about how you become a good speaker and it was like the one thing people don't talk about is actually having something to talk about like if you've had a boring life you won't be good at telling stories like everyone's always like you know the best speakers are people who tell stories right but if you if you've had a boring life you don't and you're like actually I'd rather just invest every single penny I have in a pension fund or in my index fund or save it in a bank account or you know something like that the likelihood is and and by the way when I say this I always want to caveat it with you actually don't have to spend much money to have a good time or make memories like I I often spend no money and have the best time right life is absolutely what you make it you don't need to spend a lot of money but the point is these experiences that you've had probably will directly impact for example your business via the stories that you can tell oh that time i went to that football match it was kind of related to this and actually it ties people into a story and you're relating it back to fat loss and then bam like actually people resonate with that they enjoy the kind of stuff that you talk about you're interesting you're exciting they like listening to your podcast they buy into you and then they buy into your business it's a long-winded way of saying that holiday got me this client but it does like it genuinely does and most things aren't that clear cut like i was speaking to someone on afm this week about direct marketing versus brand marketing it's the same kind Mm -hmm. of thing it's like you can't tell if brand marketing is working and, and also your client probably can't tell either because it won't be directly the, the fact that I spoke about going to an American football game in Texas that made them sign up. But it might have been the thing that they were like, oh, I really enjoyed that story. I always wanted, And then I listened to the next podcast. Oh, and then she said something really useful about this. And then I messaged her. And she actually replied and she told me something really useful. And then I signed up, right? Yeah. It's often not direct. It's like the consistency of it all. And I think that's where people, like there's another very... Um, there's another mentorship within the fitness industry who kind of bash like organic reach and they're very much let's just drive ads. Like this is the only way it's going to work. If you're doing more like brand marketing, then who, who knows if you'll get a client next month and there's no consistency in it. Like, whereas if you work the algorithm of ads, you know, you're going to churn over at least this many conversations, which are going to convert into this many clients, blah, blah, blah. I understand the premise, but just because you can't put a number on something doesn't mean it's going to work. Like, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work is my point, right? Just because I can't say if you show up on social media X times a week, you'll get a percentage of this amount of people that will come through and you'll need to have conversations with this percentage of them and then you'll get this result. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. And in fact, it normally works on a far greater scale. It's just it takes more compounding to do so. I feel like it's a bit like, and this is a bit cheesy. It's a bit of like your vibe attracts your tribe. So if you've got nothing to talk about other than, and I say if you think of like coaches and AFM, generally, the, I mean, the science of fat loss is the same and the principles are the same. And you might, your coaching technique will apply those in different ways. And you might run a six week course or a six month program or however you decide to do it, one to one group, all the different like, tiny little changes that will make somebody sign up or not sign up. But probably it's going to be a lot of the, oh, wow, you're in Chicago. Oh, my God, I went there as well. Okay, let's have a chat about that. Oh, and you do coaching. Oh, yeah, I do need a bit of coaching. Because you kind of need that something that's not even on, like, a deeper level, but that, like, next level that's not just on the surface, I'm trying to sell you something. It's kind of that, oh, you understand me because that's what you do and I like doing that as well or this person loves they started going to like CrossFit and they talk about it and I think I quite like doing that and even if it's fitnessy stuff but they've gone for a run in Central Park 
and then you go oh how was that I really like running as well it, you know it can still be fitness related but it can also be I imagine a lot of people on AFM like the most engaged posts they have or like not necessarily posts but like stories will be like random shit that you're like this oh, was really right. funny that this happened or oh my god I, I don't know burnt my dinner whatever it is it won't be hey I lost six pounds this week it's gonna be something that you're like oh, I really resonate with that or that made me laugh because you've also got to be human and like you're like everybody's no, different I think, I think it's it, like what you were saying about really what you want when someone comes onto your page is this person understands me and they don't get that from this is how many calories you need if you weigh 60 kilograms they get it from like you talking about how you understand the mindset of things or the process of things or how frustrated someone is when they feel like x sometimes and then like adding in a little bit of your own stories or your client stories or something that they can follow and yeah now and again that people will resonate or even just get into conversations of hey look i'm running in central park oh my god when i ran in central park true story i got bitten by a spider and it had a huge <laughs> infection it just started like oozing it was really gross that's horrendous yeah i mean i was absolutely fine but my parents are freaking out i'm not surprised you could be yeah. like spider woman <gasps> that's why you're a little bit robotic you're like a superhero Do you know what that's <gasps> when it started yeah oh my god so you're, you're gonna be there's gonna be a netflix documentary about you 2024 <laughs> well you know um yeah so that was not really what we wanted to talk about today uh but i think hopefully it was useful and then i did want to briefly touch on a concept that i think took me way too long to fully get my head around even though i'm sure people have told me it in different ways but it just never really clicked for me and that and i didn't love the name of it but i think the easiest way to explain it is the cost of ignorance so if you think about and this is a conversation i have with a lot of people like you're starting your business now mentoring is a, a large investment for a lot of people but the the cost of not doing that isn't like is basically all the earning potential you would have if you knew how to run a successful business so the cost of mentoring isn't whatever a month it's actually whatever a month minus minus plus plus like everything that you could be earning right if you already knew how yeah. to earn four or five k a month like actually that's the cost of not knowing that so people don't see sorry yeah there'll the, be four grand minus eight nine nine or whatever right people don't see what they haven't achieved yet and i think that took me a long time to get my head around that if i already knew how to do that stuff like yeah let's say this course is a thousand pounds and that seems like a lot of money but actually me not knowing how to do x is costing me far more than a thousand pounds yeah i'm just trying to think how you I think sometimes it's, but like when I was like, right, I'm going to move from the corporate world to the virtual world. I don't think, no, self-employment. And I had a call with somebody and I remember at the time, and if she ever listens to this, she would laugh because she charges a lot more now. She was just starting out as like a VA mentor. Um, and she charged £50 for like a one hour call and then a follow-up. Um, and this is wow. not even that long ago. Um, but the... And for me at the time, I was a bit like, and I was living in Dubai, earning pretty decent money. And I was a bit like, oh, I don't even know if this is going to be worth it. But it's 50 quid, like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, so, but for, and for me, it was like a tiny investment, but it gave me 
so much like clarity of or even just like I guess the belief from somebody else of yes you can do this and I think sometimes it's quite quick to and I, you get this with coaching clients as I feel like uh I'm going to say fat loss coaching clients, like fitness coaching clients, that people want to know what, what am I going to get? Like physically, like how many workouts am I going to get? How many meal plans am I going to get? And I was a bit sort of, I don't really know what I'm going to get from this. But and I, I kind of went into something not really knowing. You know, I don't really need that's a... That's the thing, you don't get yeah. physically anything. I think that's the yeah. hard thing. Like actually probably the most important investments you get are in your knowledge and education, right? So like it might cost you a thousand pounds to learn how to consistently make four grand a month online coaching. Like that's actually quite a kind of standard thing to be happening, right? Yeah. And I guess it's hard to get your head around that when you don't know what you could be achieving. Yeah. And I think it's the like, yeah, like you don't get like, you don't physically send you something in the post. But I think sometimes it's the, I almost think some of that investment of the mentoring is, obviously it's the investment in yourself, but it's that almost like that instant like confidence of I've made a decision. I am going to, I you know, I've made a decision to become a coach. That's what I want to do. I made a decision to become a better coach. And almost just by like, paying the, the money even if you didn't like you know get anything from the session which you know on some mentorships you might not do on AFM you obviously will but just having that even if you like pay invested in it you know that you've invested in yourself already you've already well, like decided point? to in, level up in your business which makes you take your business seriously and I think yeah. this is one of the problems with I mean it is amazing that you can start an online business with no investment but by not investing in it sometimes you also don't invest like yourself your time you don't take it as seriously whereas if you were starting a physical business like if you were starting a coffee shop and you'd paid rent and you'd bought a coffee machine and you had to advertise and blah blah you'd be fucking taking it seriously this is where yeah. you see loads of pts kind of dabble in it and never really go fully in and then never make a success out of it not because they don't have the ability to do so, but they haven't taken it seriously enough because they never had to invest anything in it. So they're like, yeah. oh yeah, I pay like 40 quid a month for some app that I use, but sometimes I put my one-to-one -one, uh, coaches on it as well. And like, yeah, I don't really care. It's fine. I've, have you yeah. advertised? No. Have you got any market? No. Like, have you got any structure to it? No, not really. I just, now and again, I think some people might ask me, of course it's not a successful business. Whereas when you put yourself on the line, when you put money on the line, when you invest, like then you start leveling up to that. And I think yeah. that's what's often missing with online businesses because you don't have that shit. I need to make this amount of money to even pay my rent, let alone make a profit. Yeah. And that's where you need to make a bit of, like in some ways I hate business models because I think they're, they're like almost pointless, right? You're like, if we sell this amount of blah, 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 then we'll make this amount of money and then we, but right, okay. But those numbers are kind of just picked out of thin air. And then how are you going to get those numbers and how are you going to figure that out? But like having some like having a business plan is important, but sticking to it religiously is stupid. It's going to change all the time. But if you did have overheads, you'd need to know. We need, you know, imagine, I mean, a good example of this is the people that have started an in-person gym, how seriously they take that versus mm -hmm. when they start online and how they're like, nah, I'll do it on the side for a little bit for a while and see what happens. Huh, newsflash, nothing is going to happen until you start yeah. taking it seriously. When you pay rent for a gym, you're like, shit, we need at least 10 clients consistently coming or 10 members to even make 
like rent on this place, but other than anything else, then we need another 20 to be making decent money, paying staff, paying bills, blah, 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 blah. And then reinvesting that makes that like lights a fire up your ass. Right. Yeah. So same with online. It's like invest in something, invest in someone who knows how to build something for you with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause you, you, you fast track it. You get, you will get there so, so much quicker. And but I guess as well, you also have somebody that's like, mm, that's not a great idea. Or have you thought about doing it this way? And this is a much, I, I guess as well from, I was watching mastermind yesterday and just having that of having other people, either the kind of safety in numbers of other people going through what you're going through and knowing that everybody isn't the highlight reel of Instagram and actually like, and we, I think we've said this before, like running a business is hard. Like it, and you're, you're on your own for so much of it even though you've got clients or whatever so you're you're on your own and i can't remember the question that you asked i know the question you asked that was about how um how many people i want to say like worry yeah i I remember so for context this is probably you know one of the most successful coaches on afm i mean if we're looking at like client numbers experience revenue probably and she was like i just worry now and again about like having to go back to a nine to five and my business just like dissolving underneath me. And I was like, I feel like that all the time. Right. And it doesn't really matter what level you get to. It's like, there's always that kind of worry of like, I don't want to go back to a nine to five. That's one of the yeah. reasons that I invest so much is because I'm like, right. Even so I want to get to a point where if, you know, something happened, I couldn't do any like business. I still wouldn't have to go back and work. <laughs> like I just don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want to work for someone else. Anyway, I was like, just raise your hand to anyone else that feels like this. And everyone was like, yeah, I worry about that every day. And I actually don't think, as long as it's not like crippling anxiety every day, I actually think it probably drives you forward. Like, I really don't want that. So it gives me motivation to be like, I've got to make sure this works. I've got to make sure my clients are happy. I've got to make sure I'm thinking about the next thing and not just like, oh, cool, I've got 20 clients. This is fine. Like, okay, if you're not growing, like, you're probably going backwards a little bit. So let's go with that and that thing scared me as well I think it was Alex Hormonesy that said this who's like if within your industry let's say the fitness industry is growing on average 10% a year but you're not you're technically shrinking and that scared me I was like wow so if you're like yeah this time last year I had 30 clients this time this year I have 30 clients you're not growing on market average, right? I actually don't know what percentage the fitness industry is growing on or like exactly how they'd measure that. But yeah, that was something I was like, huh, interesting. And then you think about inflation and things as well. And if you're like, yeah, I've not increased my prices. I've still got 30 clients, same as last year, but inflation's at something fucking wild at the moment, like eight to 10%, like actually you're shrinking by like 20%. Yeah. And you don't invest and i feel like this is an, this is definitely another podcast if we look at the industry when did what 10 years ago i think this it would be interesting to be like okay let's what's going to happen in the next 10 years because stuff is changing like even just like the tech of you know online mm-hmm. coaching didn't exist 10 years ago and now it's probably i don't know the figures more than in person pt i think that's what's interesting about like a lot of mentors like yeah 10 years ago I was a PT like have you ever run an online business no you've never run a successful online business like it's completely different I I don't even think there's two such different services 
yeah. there is some crossover, but really not as much as what most people think. Like even when people are like, oh, shouldn't you have done five years on the gym floor before you move online? No, because online is all about really like behavior change. Like if you're coming to me for fat loss, you will get a significantly better service online than in person. End of. Yeah. Like I don't believe anyone is doing better fat loss in person. If you're coming for exercise technique or you want to compete in powerlifting or you want to do CrossFit, of course, in person is better. Like there's no comparison there, but they're two distinctly different things. Like you're comparing apples and oranges and the, even the experience, like there's crossover in the experience, but you certainly don't need to have done X amount of time in person to then move online. It's normally the people that are saying that are normally like butthurt in-person people who are like, I'm pissed off that you're running a more successful business than me online, even though you didn't do the shitty stuff, like cleaning all the machines in the gym for five years and Virgin Active. Like, and I say that as someone who did all that shitty stuff, right? Like I've done it all and I'm not bitter that someone's like, okay, well, what I do is get people really good results online, but I worked for six months as a personal trainer in a gym. It wasn't for me. It wasn't the way that I communicated. It wasn't the way I wanted to work. And I get better results for people like this. Yeah. Fucking great. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I guess it works in like any like industry. So if you, like anybody, let's be honest, anybody could buy a laptop and become a virtual assistant tomorrow. Um, and I quite often get a bit like, well, I worked in the corporate world for 15 years. And, I, and it, it totally irrelevant as soon as you go online, because all the stuff that I did was managing 45 year old grown lunatic men like that is not what you have to what do my girl, and I, have to, I have to manage you now like that's not and it's such a different skill like when I when you move online and it's like oh here's active campaign and you're like okay well the corporate world doesn't use this so now it's, it's a completely different skill set of of you know managing systems and managing a business online rather than being a like like I quite often think oh yeah I, I used to be a corporate EA is completely irrelevant to being a virtual assistant or an online business manager or it's completely different skill set but it feels like it's almost like being, oh you're an in, in person VA or an online live mm. VA two different things like completely different worlds but they're kind of grouped together and I do think it will be interesting to see what happens in you know like almost like the next generation of people coming in of how how this changes and how people like I went to the gym today flex um and every single person in my gym other than me has a pt like nobody trains in that gym without a pt and it's it's i guess you know it's great to see that lots of people have and they're like properly involved and getting on with it but for me i'm like oh i'm not sure i would i would ever need a in-person pt anymore um but i think it but then for somebody else they might go do you know what i'm never going to go i'm not going to show up if somebody's not there waiting for me so it's, it's yeah, always going to be individual but, but they're not like that's the other thing it's like yeah if you want someone for accountability that's there you need someone in person if you want to work on your relationship with food you're much better doing that online you know do you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like different situations for different things yeah anyway um we'll we'll wrap up today and we'll be back next week i also have some thoughts about what will be coming in the next five years <gasps> Okay, I want to talk about that. So, robots, yeah, we'll, robots we'll obviously, are coming. We'll obviously do secret so we can get ahead of the game, you know. We'll, we'll keep that in <laughs> AFM. So if you have listened to this and you've enjoyed it, then why don't you think about joining AF Mentors? You can head over to afmentors.com 
fill in the application. There's a written one if you prefer that, or you can go straight to booking a call with me and we can have a chat. And if I can help you, I will take you on. And if I can't, I will refer you to someone who can. Amazing. Bye. Bye. Oh, right. I've got to go because um, Jordan's waiting to go. Um, 